0: this is mary hk Choi, and you're listening to hey cool job a podcast about jobs our guest today is keith abrams the co-founder of tokyo and brooklyn-based nightlife fashion and lifestyle brand kinfolk i'm in love with my Hi, Keith.
1: Hello, Mary.
0: How's it going? Very well. How are you? Very, very good. I'm glad that you're here. I've been dying to get you on the show, so I'm excited. I'm
1: very excited as well.
0: Right on. So just to get this straight out of the way, your Kinfolk is not the Scandinavian looking design magazine that's like like about white dads or whatever, right?
1: No, we have no relation. <laughs> we, we started maybe three years before them, but didn't. we weren't good at business then.
0: But, oh, I see. So. I see.
1: We didn't understand that we needed to trademark (laughs) things.
0: That really does happen more often than you would think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big time. A lot of experience in that. So um, 2018 actually marks 10 years of Kinfolk. Yeah. Is it anything like what you guys first envisioned? Oh, kind of,
1: (laughs) but not really. Right. But I, I think the original vision was make cool products as like, evidence that we could do cool things so that people would pay us to do cool things for them mm. and it hasn't quite worked out like that but it has somewhat worked out like that
0: the next decade you never know
1: yeah true, yeah, yeah yeah true
0: um so what is like your elevator pitch when you're describing what Kim Folk is uh
1: that's a tough one because it's it's become a lot it's metastasized a little bit but i, I guess like uh it started off as a design studio, and now is nightlife and and clothing design.
0: I like your word choice. You make it you make it sound really cancer. Oh yeah. <laughs> so okay, so what? Who is like the most surprising visitor or person who f- fucks with you guys that you know about?
1: Well, Jonah Hill came through the other.
0: Oh, time. that that's when you know, right? Yeah, Jonah like, Hill
1: came through, and uh, but I got to give a shout out to Lawrence and James. Doctor Taco and Sartorial, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sartorial and themselves, they threw a party, and he came through because they were uh, online bullying him for a long time. But no. he came through the store, and he copped. He dropped a lot of money.
0: He oh, did. Yeah, that's I was, elegant. Yeah, I'm into he has that. His
1: good taste. He bought all good things. What did he buy? He bought every piece of Wacomaria Maria that we had. Oh wow! Which is a like a Japanese rockabilly. Like uh, bowling shirts and that
0: sounds Hawaiian hella shirts. Japanese.
1: Very expensive for like not great fabric. Good quality though, but it's polyester. It's What's not that sell. MSRP? About four hundred a shirt.
0: Okay, well it's polyester because it's like trying to be authentic, incredible to True. the origin. So of course. Um, so Jonah Hill anointed you guys. The swag lord pulled up. Um, and
1: well, Erica Badu, she made us close the store. She she tore it down. <laughs> And made mad dick jokes when she was in there. It was. Like,
0: I admire her so much when she was on, um, Bodega Boys, or when she was on Desus and Miro. Yeah, that was amazing.
1: Yeah, no, she just
0: kept sniping on Miro. It was crazy.
1: She's really funny, and she made us play her own, her music while she was yes! there. Yes.
0: So oh my god, that makes me so happy. So yeah. okay, so Kinfolk started as a Japanese cocktail lounge. It
1: started Ooh. yeah. So simultaneous. Making bicycles and a
0: cocktail. Right. I was going to ask you, like, what came first? So it was genuinely simultaneous. Yeah,
1: it was like a homie that's no longer affiliated um, found a little space that he was going to turn into a bar while Ryan and Maceo were... Two of the founders. Two of the founders uh, were buying up used bike frames and selling them in the U.S., like special Japanese frames, and then found a builder to make custom frames. Not that they were, like, super into bikes. It was more just, like... Here's, we can design a brand around this guy who had been making bike frames for, I don't know, 45 years. The exact same frame, the exact same way. Right. Steel frame. Very Japanese. I know. It
0: sounds like the salvage denim, but like of bikes or something. exactly
1: And so, and then the the bar, the tiny little speakeasy.
0: It was such a speakeasy. Like if you look at some of those photos, it's like wooden interior. It looks like a living room. It was like
1: a, a hundred year old Japanese house and it was just the top floor. And... The most you could fit in there was like 25 people.
0: So it's like this little like Miyazaki, like elven hutch. (laughs) Fully, fully. Um, Do you still make bikes?
1: Yeah. Okay. so Maybe like five a
0: year. Okay. So what is even the margin on a bike? And at this point when... Terrible. Well, I was going to say when a bike order comes through, are you like, Jesus Christ, why do we still make bikes?
1: My man Akira in Kobe uh, in Japan holds it. He does it all. He loves bikes, and we just gave the bike business to him. So Mm. any money that's made off that, which it couldn't be more than like $5,000 a year, is just all Akira.
0: Wow. So that's just really like...
1: And we take pictures. He sends us (laughs) pictures we put on Instagram.
0: Where you get your hashtag content. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So Kinfolk actually started during a horrible recession. Um, What was going on in your career that you were like, this transition is something I'm going to do?
1: Well, I was still working in publishing then yes, and Maceo and Ryan yep. uh Maceo being one of my OGs they were off taking risks and being entrepreneurs but I was still uh, working for Mass Appeal.
0: Right. And you and I know each other from Mass Appeal full yeah. disclosure. Um we've actually worked together Mass Appeal being a lifestyle brand that has is now robust again. It's really really exciting. Yeah. And um, when I was running Misbehaved, Keith sold ads for us. Um,
1: yeah, I remember taking the um, what was the the little promo issue with oh
0: um, yeah yeah Juliet Lewis Juliette on the cover Lewis yeah
1: to to Vegas and, and it, handing them like just out on the street really just A <laughs> street team
0: of one it was like yeah. a bunch of dudes
1: <laughs> handing out like uh, escort ads and then me handing out. A bright, Promo, pink. bright pink. Yeah. Yeah. Ms. Nice one.
0: Bishes. And so Maceo is someone you've known. And Ryan, I mean, I mean, these guys you've known since you were like a child.
1: Yeah. So Maceo and I, I've since I was like 16. Okay. And that was
0: two, two, two and a half decades <laughs> yeah. ago. That
1: was a while ago. Yeah. 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 So, His, his younger brother and I went to high school together Mm. and he was living in Seattle. I'm from Portland and he would come down from Seattle and I met him that way. So he's a a few years older than me.
0: Okay. Mm. And so just going back to the whole mass appeal thing, you know, the indie magazine game was like actually messed up for a profoundly long time, but because I I always knew you were like really good at sales, like we didn't exist and you sold us. And I was like... That that seems to be like a talent this man has, because that's hard to do. Why why didn't you stay in sales or like SpawnCon or like any one of these affiliates that things where you can just make money and so many commissions?
1: Um, that's a good question. <laughs> because you know, it's funny because I didn't think Mass Bill was a real business for a long time. Shout out to Adrian and definitely shout out to Pat who was out in Portland. In the 90s. That's where I met Pat.
0: And the Pat actually is a founder of Mass Appeal who actually died. Um, and we all worked with him. So RIP Pat Elastic.
1: Right. So when I was like 16, him and Maceo were running around. And I was like, this dude's a maniac. And he was like, yo, I'm starting this magazine. Shit is going to be tight.
0: Oh, so you didn't think it was real because you knew him from back then. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> then five years
1: later, Maceo was like, yo, Pat has got a fucking magazine. I was like, there's no way that's real will convinced me to come out to New York work and, you know, start helping out. Um but, you know, it it went really well and then we, we we launched Misbehave and it it was going along really well and then
0: the subprime mortgage crisis hit and all of media died. It
1: totally died, but then we were also running Colossal Media at that time and I was just transitioned just to that and, and it was great we made a, a lot of
0: money and colossal is a mural It's kind of basically like a bunch of graffiti dudes who now paint murals And yeah. so anytime you see those like painterly and like,
1: photorealistic hand-painted yeah. ads. So it was like me Adrian and Paul and and like there was like six dudes and we you know We ran a, a business that grew really really fast. And we made a lot of money and I think afterwards when I left there by them changing the codes and locking me out of my computer. Um, (laughs) So yeah, you were ousted. I was ousted
0: unceremoniously.
1: Uh, It's all love though. It's all love now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So whatever you, it was not your decision to leave, but you had to leave. And so why, why are you like, okay, I want to be a co-owner of a business.
1: Well, there was like a lot of potential opportunities to go to like a bigger media company and Mm -hmm. do like sponsored content, like you said. And, I don't know man i just never i just wanted to see if i could do something on my own and make it and i saw adrian and paul specifically like really glow up yeah that... and i didn't want to work for anyone i wanted to see if i could just be my own boss and make it and maceo had this thing just barely starting up and just felt like the right time to just say hey all right let's just be equal partners and see if we can actually do this he's an idea man but he's not a execution and i could come in and kind of help him
0: yeah you're like the fiscal operational arm of kinfolk
1: right i'm pushing up my glasses
0: yeah yeah well basically you like yeah plastic visor no you do a lot of the actual verbs to make the nouns so kinfolk at this point kind of low-key owns a stretch of like Wythe in williamsburg brooklyn and if you're not familiar with the block it's like super, super fancy now with, like, hotels and restaurants, and it's kind of like a tourist destination.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. There's, like, people lead tours by there every day, and they're like, this is Kinfolk, and there's the White Hotel, and it's really... It's bananas. It's wacky.
0: And so Kinfolk 90 came about in, what, like, 2012? Uh,
1: 2011. 11,
0: okay. And so it was, like, a coffee shop, but it was also a bar, and then... You know, you had, like, pop-ups for, like, restaurants like mm-hmm. Fuji Ramen. And mm-hmm. then a weirdly weird thing happened where it became home to Asuka, mm-hmm. which was a super expensive Mishman-starred Nordic restaurant mm-hmm. for, like, a year and a half. Yo, like, tasting menu-style, mm-hmm. really expensive Nordic cuisine mm-hmm. is maybe the hardest business model to decide to do? Like, what did you learn?
1: Oh, well, so, <laughs> that not to do that anymore?
0: Right, because... He-
1: you know, Frederick, the chef who is wildly successful now without us holding him back. <laughs> um,
0: Do you genuinely see it like that?
1: No. Okay. Not at all.
0: But I'm sure if I would be I felt like, hey, like, he cool job, Frederick. Back. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: I felt like he was holding us back. You know, they they were like, uh, you know, word came out that we were going to get a Michelin star maybe like two months before or a month before it was an annou- announced. And I... Went on the record and would not stop talking about how we should not accept it. And I was like, we don't want a Michelin star. Who cares about a Michelin star? That's not how we make our money. Like, it's more interesting to turn it down and tell them to go fuck themselves. And that was kind of the beginning, the end of the relationship with...
0: Wait, why? Why did you feel that?
1: (laughs) Well, because I was just like, this is a tiny little project that we do that all it does is lose money. And I just really thought it would be more interesting Mm. if we just said... Fuck, you this know,
0: is st- status like right yeah. like
1: you know like the fine dining part of our business was ruining the rest of our business because the customers would come in from like the upper west side and ask us to turn down the the music and and you know the it, i don't know it was a weird time we were trying to do a lot we were throwing wild parties while people were spending Hundreds
0: of, of dollars, lots of yeah, money on we had like
1: crazy wine selection.
0: <laughs> no, and I remember even like your earthenware plates and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, what does the overhead on this even feel yeah. like?" And and everything is like crazy perishable and seasonal. I was like, yeah. I was like, "I know that. I know this is ki- killing Keith." We we
1: we made so much revenue
0: off the restaurant.
1: Yeah, and lost so much money. <laughs> It was amazing. I was like, "How can that much money come in here and like that much more go out?" Like,
0: right, you're like, you know, peas up, L's up. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what even led you to open Kid Folk ninety four and the retail store? Because, you know, doing a brick and mortar for a retail outpost is also bananas in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, with the rent being as it is.
1: Just like, sorry about the long pause here. Uh, just blind optimism and mm. just overconfidence <laughs> and, and you know I, I felt like we could do something that wasn't reliant on like crazy revenue in terms of the retail store like i was like we can open up a, a, an event space that makes enough money that allows the retail store to have really really cool merchandise and not have to be on sale like in three weeks and not have to turn product over really quickly so
0: it's basically like a gift shop for that
1: was the concept yeah. we knew that the hotel was going to open the white hotel and we knew two more were thinking about coming in and we were like hey if we did a well curated gift shop and ever since we had come back from tokyo we had stopped doing product design and we felt like this was a good way to get back into product design and way back when macy you know macy and i used to run a small like streetwear label in japan in tokyo like 2001 to 2004
0: that is such a 2001 to 2004 oh, yeah. move like oh, yeah. heavy heavy and so you know, Kinfolk ninety four is kind of like the larger um, nightclub. Mm-hmm. It's like hell. It's like hella more clubbier. Mm-hmm. and the whole space is vaulted Douglas fir and red cedar ceilings with this like crazy geodesic dome mm-hmm. right in the middle. And there's like recessed lounges that kind of look like nineteen sixties retro sunken mm-hmm. living rooms. How the fuck much did that cost? Because why?
1: Uh, well, we paid off the debt eventually.
0: (laughs) Really? That's amazing. But. How much did it cost?
1: Uh, to, okay, (laughs) to build that and to buy, yeah, no, like $850,000.
0: Okay. That's less than I thought.
1: Yeah. So. That's, that's with like a lot of doing our own
0: shit. Oh, okay.
1: You know. The, the disregarding a- the American Disabilities Act. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God damn it. Um, well, anyway, the aesthetic, yes, thank you for that. The aesthetic is very um, quote, Pacific Northwest hippie mathematician. I feel like it's that's something you made up.
1: Yeah, no. well I so you know, Ryan, my other partner, before he decided to be an entrepreneur d- degenerate, um, was a rocket scientist.
0: Shut up, really? Yes, he, One of the co-founders is a rocket scientist. Yes, so he worked. How convenient. <laughs> he
1: worked for NASA. <laughs> oh my god. Creating algorithms to keep satellites in orbit. And so or you're like, Ca- like, can't that. you do
0: us a restaurant? And so he was like this will be nightclub. super
1: simple. Like <laughs> and he like drew it up and him and Maceo came up with the idea and he was like, "Hey, I can I can figure this out." And it did was he? really funny when we went in to talk to an actual architect to see if like what we were talking about was even possible and Ryan being like, N- you just don't understand the math, man, and like
0: trying to talk to the architect—just galaxy braining that shit. Yeah. So, was was it scary to spend that kind of loot on like an aesthetic?
1: Yeah, we were just like, and especially in New York, where uh, it took us a long time to get it up, and we were. How like, long did it take? I think it from beginning to like we signed the lease, and then we weren't mm-hmm. open for business for almost a full calendar year.
0: So you're losing so much money. You got to pay rent costs. every month. Yeah,
1: like you know, in other places they'll give you like they'll give you a break until you're open, but New York has no ruthless, no, heart, no ruthless. Heart. Yeah, like you can't pay; somebody else will come do it.
0: How close have you actually been to being like belly up?
1: Oh, all the time. Really? Yeah, like in the the first three years of of ninety and ninety four, both operating, we would have huge weekends and but then there was just like tons of overhead like not to get too much into the weeds. No, I want to
0: I want to hear about this stuff.
1: But yeah, like um I, I would like we always had good cash flow so we could like figure it out, but like you could see the cliff coming and we would constantly so that's you know we were just always hustling to like we need more cash, we need to figure something out like how can we make this work? How can we, can we make this sustainable? Also, we staffed up super heavy. We were like, we want to be more than just a bar. We want to be more than just, like, a, an event space. We want, when people come here, that we want it to feel like they're a part of something, like, bigger. Right. We, so we wanted to have, kind of, hire somebody like Felipe.
0: F for editorial. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so we were just, like, bringing on people that, like, you know, any normal, just, like, Everyday bar on the corner would never have a staff like that.
0: And so your burn rate is crazy always.
1: Right. And so we were just like, but we're a brand. We're going to build a lifestyle brand. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Whatever. Like,
0: have you ever, have you ever like come out of pocket to keep the lights on?
1: I came out of pocket to get the lights open, to get the doors open. Okay. We took on an investment and we came up just a hair short. And we were like, we needed to pay one last contractor was holding out there. We were like, just do it and we'll be open and then we can pay you in like two months. And he was like, nah, I need but, my money up front.
0: But like a contractor, you say a hair, but that's still so much money. Y- yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: it was, Yeah. No, like I had to wait for a check from an account that <laughs> paid penalties on.
0: Jesus. So. What are some of the things you're talking about, like cash flow? What are some of this like things where you're like, holy shit, the cliff is there? Our burn rate is this. We have no runway. What's a thing that you would do?
1: Uh, throw just counterfeit bills. Yeah. No, (laughs) I mean, we were like, we let's we gotta we gotta bring in an event because anytime somebody like say Mountain Dew, like they did like the street league. We got, we're like, we need to get somebody like that to book out the place because they'll pay us a big number for one night Mm -hmm. instead of like, you know, just open for business. People come in, they buy drinks, they party, you make good money. But if you get a, you know, if you
0: get a buyout, it's like secured. Exactly. So you, as you were saying, are one of five founding partners and you guys have known each other for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you even make decisions with that many partners?
1: Well, I think there was a, a huge learning curve because in the beginning we would like it, it was it was there was five then down to four. And then from that point on, it was just the four of us. And we would talk about every decision and which led to a lot of skirmishes. Yeah. And just like or just like, all right, well, we, let's just come back to this tomorrow. We're not getting anywhere. And so it, it's hard. It's hard to find a consensus, even with people that you know really well and you're on the same page and you're like pointed in the same direction. Everybody has their own idea of how to do things.
0: Well, and I would, I mean, I would think that it's harder to make decisions with friends.
1: Yeah. Cause well, right. Cause no one's going to be like, look, it, this is just how it is. Do it. I don't care about your feelings. We kind of broke it up, did a little division of labor. Said, All right. You're in charge of this. You know, you're in charge of this. I'm in charge of this. Like, once a month let's just check in on Mm. what each other's
0: but little fiefdom right exactly what are what are your fiefdoms
1: well uh, the whole thing
0: (laughs) making things happen yeah no it kind of is i mean i've known you for a really long time Mm -hmm. and i just know that you take on a great deal of stress in a unique and special way that perhaps other partners aren't necessarily privy to at all times
1: Yeah. No, I mean, everybody has played a huge part in getting us to where we're at. But I think that my role now is kind of like, you know, I'm not booking every DJ. I'm not checking IDs at the door, but I'm giving a directive to all the people that are doing this. Like, you need to do this. And um, but I guess more of my focus is on the wholesale sales of our clothing line and also running the retail store and just kind of like overall uh, vibe director (laughs) from from afar.
0: Right, right. So. Do you have any advice for founders who are starting businesses with friends?
1: Yeah, it's a tough one.
0: You're like, don't do it.
1: You know, you just got to make sure that like things change. We've been in business 10 years. Like who we were 10 years ago is completely different than we are now. Like, you know, life has evolved. People have gotten married. I had a kid, you know, so like we're not like in our late
0: 20s you're not spring chickens anymore right with running around and just like threshold. yo it
1: would be dope if we had a bar that'd be sick you know like i don't know so things change
0: so you going back to retail you guys are officially like an important menswear phenomenon mm-hmm. like gq named you like a huge menswear brand last year mm-hmm. what's your like general price point just to give people an idea
1: so we try and have something for everybody in the store but you can spend like for a t-shirt or $2,000 for a jacket and everywhere in between.
0: Okay. And so who would you say was your competition? Like brand positioning wise.
1: You know, what's funny is that like there's some good stores in New York, but so many like of the smaller boutique stores have just kind of disappeared. Like who? Um, Like Odin used to be a great store for a long time. Yeah. They're gone. I think that the IRS rated them and like, froze all their assets
0: shout out to them um is that like a chilling story for you no about that stuff okay
1: they i mean you know they had a rep so all right it was well earned
0: so who who would you say was your competition
1: so i like i would never think that we could compete with but i think that like dover street is like a place where people go and also come to our spot Mm. Um,
0: what yeah, about like opening ceremony
1: definitely opening ceremony both of them obviously are operating on a they have a bigger operation than we do but you know there's not that like not that we don't do a, a lot of work to curate a really nice space but so much there's been attrition and we've just kind of survived where other people have fallen by the wayside so i would say opening ceremony dover street but they're bigger than we are but well
0: know. i mean that's interesting because you know even with those two examples because i i see what you're talking about in terms of like how it's analogous because it's like you ha- they have their in-house line and mm-hmm. they have other brands, but it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating to me that like cool guy things or like hashtag menswear stuff used to be full on like hype streetwear shit, but now it's all basically high fashion. Like mm-hmm. you know if you look at like a BBC from back of the day like all over print or whatever or like Kanye used to wear LRG. Mm -hmm. And then you think about like what Yeezy is price point wise or like off white Sakai, the fact that these brands are like hand in hand with like RAF. I mean, how is this not just, just straight up designer? Like I'm, I'm so confused by the taxonomy. And
1: the the craziest thing is, well, first let me just say that the way that we were able to survive and thrive is the fact that we are a multi-use space that's the number one thing we have going for us. So when we have a brand that we carry in our store, if they have, that's like, you know, a bigger brand or a shoe brand or something, if they have a product launch, they can launch it in our store, sell the product and throw the party in the back. And we make more money off them doing the buyout, like I was talking about before. But then, you know, we can support our retail store with getting free product for throwing that party. And then we sell it and make a profit. And so, Like, there's a huge advantage there that we have over almost anybody else. So
0: you, like, can double and triple dip, basically.
1: Yeah. We'll be like, not only can we throw the party, we'll curate the crowd make sure the right people are there. So you should pay us for Mm -hmm. PR.
0: Mm -hmm. and event. Yeah. So, but do you feel pressure, kind of going back to what I was saying about price point, like, do you feel pressure? Because you were saying a jacket, a nice jacket is, like, two grand, but... Do you feel pressure to be even more expensive to sort of keep up with that general trend?
1: No, but I mean, it's definitely the opportunity is there. Like, I get invited to sit front row at fashion shows that I have no business being at. And I'm like, why am I here?
0: You're froing? Uh, occasionally. Occasionally. <laughs>
1: occasionally. <laughs> like Sakai. You mentioned Sakai. Like,
0: that's a cool
1: fro. Yeah, all day. And. Like you know, who the f- who the fuck can afford that shit? It's beautiful. I it's love so it. So beautiful. It's better yeah. for women than for men, but
0: I could see that. Uh, it depends. Um, so
1: the opportunity is there.
0: Do you like, even buy clothes anymore? Like you're literally wearing kinfolk right now.
1: No, I literally just take stuff out of the store.
0: So is this just a long con? So you don't have to buy clothes. One hundred percent. Okay. 100%. Well, I heard you in on a high snobiety podcast with our dear friend Gian Delion. And you basically said that, like, authenticity and subcultures are dead. Mm. And that they just oh, yeah. no longer
1: exist. He got me fucking ranting. See, that's the thing. No,
0: but I actually, you know, not to be all, like, rah, oh my, rah, rah. man
1: yell at clouds type <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> no, but there is an aspect to that. Because when you and I were children many, many eons ago, like, you straight up did not wear a Thrasher t-shirt unless, unless you... you could literally at least do, like, a heel flip. Like, yeah. a kick flip wouldn't cut it. Like, Can you talk more about where you're coming from when you said all those outlandish old man things?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I have a lot of kids that work for me that are like in the range of like 23 to 26. And they will come in one day, you know, looking like fresh off the presses from like a Hot Topic fucking like, sad girl, Morrissey, like, right. chola style. And then the next day, it's, like, completely different. There's no bearing on your lifestyle. Your your clothes don't have any... Bearing on what your interests are anymore.
0: So it doesn't like signal any sort of affiliation or loyalty or like subculture belongingness anymore. I don't think so. Does that make you feel sad inside?
1: 100%. I put a lot of work into being cool and now you can just (laughs) fucking be cool without any effort now. It's really frustrating.
0: So you really essentially are yelling at the internet.
1: Oh no, I just yell at these kids that work for me. (laughs) I hire them and then sit them down and they have to hear me bitch about how whack
0: they are. Sure, but. He, to to the point though, like you are still pretty excited by what you do. Like, how mm-hmm. do you stay excited even when you're yelling at like basically SoundCloud rapper aesthetics?
1: Oh, you know, I guess you know, like if I were able to time travel back and say, sixteen year old Keith, you're gonna own a nightclub and a clothing store. Like, it's like best case scenario. Like, <laughs> I love music. I love clothes like i love sneakers like these are all things that i obsessed about as a kid um and you know so like it's not a bad gig
0: okay so have you ever seen someone we talked a little bit about like who you were stoked on who fucks with you have you ever seen like someone with a kinfolk hat on where you're like i know you're a republican and i know you hate immigrants oh no i'm doing it wrong
1: oh shit i thought you were gonna okay that went a different way what no, did you I think I was going to say? I thought we were going to say somebody that you were just, like, excited to see in Kinfo. No, no. We already talked about that. We were you about to say
0: not, Nas. I knew you were about to I, say this.
1: I, so there we go. I think that's the answer. Because <laughs> it's 50-50. Because I saw it and I was a hell of fucking excited. Right. And, but then I was also like, uh ah. He did fuck Khalees up. So, like, that's problematic.
0: Wow, you are old. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> Khalees has had, like, 19 careers since... That era, but it is true. He did fuck her up.
1: It had only come out recently when I saw him wearing the hat. I don't know how he got that.
0: I like, you're very media trained. You just turned this around. But have you ever seen like a young Republican wearing a kinfolk hat and been upset about it?
1: Well, first of all, have you been on North 11th and Wythe on a, on a oh, Saturday? Oh, I know.
0: It's actually crazy.
1: Yeah. It's like, like
0: all of Yelp. Yes. For <laughs> sure. It's
1: human Yelp. Yo, and like very. Mediocre corny people come in and they're like this is sick and they're like let me cop a hat and I'll just like my jaws clenched and I'm just like do you ever feel
0: like slapping it out of their hands yeah
1: and they're like they're wearing toms (gasps) it's just like
0: it's
1: really Oh, but, my God. You know, that's I'm not a snob, though. I'll take their money.
0: So can I even be friends with you anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so who actually is your, like, dream customer? Like, non-famous person. Like, who are you, like, kind of, like, in it for?
1: Uh, Just, you know, somebody that... I don't know. Like, there's no way to answer that without sounding Sunny. so fucking corny. But, like, you know, we, we, me and Jay, my kind of partner in all things Your clothing, French partner my, whose last name connection,
0: is literally Paris. Jay
1: Paris, yeah. Uh, you know, we, you know, like, we don't necessarily go out and find the flashiest stuff to put in the store. But we, like, there's a premium on either a story behind the design and the quality.
0: No, you guys do have really, really good quality. I'm constantly in there looking at samples, turning shit inside out, and like looking at like seams. And also just, you guys will do like, you fuck around and you're like the only suit we have on offer is like white
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? no and
0: that's kind of a power move
1: there's no navy suits yeah yeah you got to come in and get the pale pink or the white
0: right so if i'm a designer and it's actually my dream to be in kinfolk like we talked about this a little bit but if you could be more specific when you're at, like at market what are you looking for like, how, how, like, when you see something and you're like, oh, my, O M J, that's so awesome. Like, what is that?
1: So, I would say that what sells the best in our store is ridiculous outerwear.
0: <laughs> but, like, what are we talking Like, Like,
1: so, if I walk by or if I see something that is, like, a neon animal print down floor length whatever
0: so basically anything that's like slim with a tilted brim like. <laughs>
1: yeah i'm like yo how much is that are there four thousand okay we could sell that because it's just people come in and they're like they expect to come in and either just buy like a t-shirt and a hat and some sneakers or like just a cherry for the top of the cake mm. like and in the beginning, we were very much like, we can't have all cherries. We got to have cake, not all cherries. But now we're kind of like, it's just, it's just cherries and frosting. That's all. <laughs> There's
0: no That's way. beautiful. So you, yeah. you basically just want people to come in, be trapped and then just go into debt because they have to have this like crazy thing. Kind And, and it's not even
1: that, but like, we can't, like, I was like, oh, we should have button down blue Oxford shirts Ew. at all times just because people will come in and That's be like, true. It's a, no one wants that shit from us. You know, people don't want basics from us. People don't want like a, a nice pair of pants from us. They want like some, they want a stunt.
0: Although I I have bought a a light blue cotton shirt from you guys. However, it goes to my knees. I wear it as a dress and it's like weirdly three quarter length sleeve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like
1: who decided? That, that wacky Japanese size. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so Kinfolk has its own line, as you know, and you do collabs with Levi's and mm-hmm. Fila, mm-hmm. but you also carry all these Japanese brands that we were talking about, like Bedouin and the Heartbreakers, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we we're talking about like opening ceremony, Dover Street Market, et cetera, et cetera. But were you surprised when Colette in Paris, the ultimate cool person destination, closed last December after like 20 years? I would have been,
1: oh, except that I... I, it was a like I had a little bit of inside baseball kind of knowledge on how that all. Did you out.
0: sabotage them? Is that what happened? Did no, you just park up I and like? Whoa.
1: It was more. I don't think they, I don't. They didn't go out of business.
0: They they just stopped. They, they went closed. out on top. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they the family owned the building.
0: But they had like the restaurant. They had like so many. I think she just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm.
1: It is a grind. You can't get that too far. You can't get too far away from... If you operate a small business, like you can never get that far away. So, and it's as, as hard as... like And it was Sarah like a was mother... Yeah, it. a mother-daughter. tons of money. Yeah. They closed. They didn't go out of business. But oh. it is troubling, though. It was troubling. But I think that there's going to be a resurgence of small... Like, there's a market for a small store like ours. Mm. If you can create an experience that people want to come in and participate in, um, like... You know, online, Amazon, whatever, like, that shit's going to win in its category. But people still, they want to go out in the world and try shit on or, like, do something that they can't experience online. I
0: mean, yeah, basically, there's something to be said for, like, no matter how popular Amazon gets, there is merit and doing something that is actually totally the opposite of Mm -hmm. like just diametrically opposed. So, and, and Colette very famously said that they deliberately never wanted to open a second location and that they would never sell. So would you ever open a second location as far as like the retail store? And would you ever sell?
1: Yes. And yes, (laughs) for (laughs) sure. I mean, we've been looking at some for the past several years, we almost opened up in LA twice
0: right I know about that
1: and you know we're like I I look at spaces I would say I don't know once a month I'll go look at a space like a realtor will be like hey you have to see this and you know Manhattan is interesting and
0: really I mean like Uh, I mean, weren't you kind of surprised when Supreme opened a Williamsburg location or just like a part of didn't part of you die inside? Mm, Like, don't you think that there's kind of like a corollary in like if Kinfolk was like, now we're on Lafayette. I mean, I would love it if you were on Lafayette, but like whatever on Crosby.
1: Yeah, it's and you walk around Soho and it's. There's a lot of just empty locations
0: but actually the fucked up shit now is Canal Street is dead Zo and I'm so scared about like whatever fuck shit bullshit is gonna fucking pop up in there There's a lot and I want to know which Chinese person sold their people out like is that like a white infiltration or is that like just generational
1: Have you been to Canal Street market?
0: Oh that fucking mall uh-huh no. I lied. I've been in it. I saw it once. <laughs> I bought a tea. I had to pee. Cause that's the other thing. Like there are more bathrooms now. Yeah. But um but all that stuff actually really depresses me. Doesn't it make you sad?
1: I think the person who owns that owns a lot of real estate in Chinatown.
0: Right. Unlike other places, right? Where the like, oligarch, what? Um, how many employees do you have?
1: Maybe fifty?
0: Jesus, that's so many. Yeah. Are people scared of you? Like, I, are people like, Ooh, I don't like to talk to Keith. Ooh.
1: M- maybe. No. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe I snap on people hell hard and they never fire back. And I figured it's just cause.
0: So you're drunk with power. Yeah. Just I'm abusing like, the strong backs of small children.
1: Everybody thinks I'm hilarious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like the thousand yard stare that came with that statement. Um, so does the nightlife underwrite the retail, or is it the other way around, or is it just like basically everyone pitches in? And in the beginning, it
1: really underwrote the retail, like, like we the booze. We, okay. booze is number one yeah. for sure. like Saturday, Friday, Saturday nights are crazy in there. We, you know, you, you
0: What is crazy?
1: I, you know, people wait like an hour and a half. Shut to get up! In. Yeah,
0: don't you have like bottle service? Did I make that up?
1: We, uh, yeah, we resisted it for <gasps> four years. Oh
0: my God.
1: But you can cop a bottle of Soraka at Kim
0: Folk. For how much? Like 500. Shut up. That's so sexy and terrible. <laughs> it is the worst.
1: It's so bad. But oh like God. we were.
0: Mazel though. For oh my God. so
1: long, we were like, we need to be just like a neighborhood spot where anybody can come in. And, but it just.
0: So now it's a destination, destination spot.
1: The whole corner, man.
0: Is it like bridge and tunnel? Like, what Mm -hmm. are we talking? Oh, shit.
1: So during the week, we try and throw cool shit that the neighborhood can vibe with. And then Friday, Saturday, it's like we just try and cash in.
0: So you're like, we're sorry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So what are just some of the things about nightlife that you had zero idea about that you're like, oh, my God, what a lesson. What a treat.
1: I think just kind of the amount of communication you have to have with the city.
0: What does that mean? Like, Like, Oh, you mean like ordinances? And
1: you just have to have a relationship with, I'm basically an op now. You have to have a relationship with the cops. I'm kind of a narc now. (laughs) Uh, You have to have a relationship with the Department of Health, the Department of Buildings, and New York will fuck your shit up if you don't.
0: New York is notorious. I know so many restaurateurs and like, and you're like multi like category too. So Jesus.
1: Yeah, no, we've had, you know, them come in midnight on a Saturday night. You know,
0: like shut you down.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. And you just like, it'll be like bleed department of buildings, department of health, fire department, police department. And they'll be like, you know, they'll just line up to give you a different each.
0: Is it like a sting operation? Mm -hmm. Are they just like watching you? Mm -hmm. And so it's just like coordinated and they're just descending upon you. But Why?
1: Uh, I mean, if, is it like if, if, mob? if you get too many complaints or something in a short amount of time, they'll, they do it to teach you a lesson. They hand you a $10,000 fine, $5,000 fine.
0: Do they know. do it like conveniently towards the end of the month? Like, what are we talking here? No. Is it calculated?
1: It's more, it's, it's not about like putting you out of business. It's more about sending you a message.
0: And so is that also to send the outlying businesses messages? Do they hit everyone on the block no, the same No, it'll night? be okay. like
1: people that are standing out. Okay. Another thing, like we operated two years without, like we weren't even checking IDs, <laughs> like that's how naive we were. We we're just like, yeah, our homies are gonna come through. They'll buy some drinks. Actually, and, like...
0: I I was there for entire the and entirety of we that like, part. Yeah. Then
1: Felipe became our security guard. Shout out Felipe. No one listening to this knows who that that is. Felipe
0: but... is a legend. Yeah. True, true. True. Truly.
1: And he had to go to like karate school out in like. Canarsie to get a security certification
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ, so basically all your friends and family have gone through some shit with you guys.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely
0: So you have like a very like a finite amount of resources at any given time and you know what We were just talking about profits and losses are so fluid What is your process when you decide to say yes or no to something that requires like a little bit of upfront investment? Like, is it intuition? Do you just get like a feeling in your guts? Like
1: a little bit. Like you know, like ninety, I think has been pretty. Like to me, felt really stale for maybe about the past year. I
0: have such fondness for ninety. Me
1: too. Yeah. And it actually, like business wise, it's doing fine. I just feel like it needs a, a little bit of an upgrade. It needs like a little refresher.
0: How do you? How do you like land on that feeling?
1: I don't know, man. It's weird how it just kind of, like, hive mind. To like, somebody will say it and be like, man, I was thinking the same thing. And then it just kind of speaks. Like, Maceo was like, we need to change it around. We need to refresh, like, six, seven months ago.
0: Interesting. And then, like... Is that know. just kind of, like, that sort of... Is it, like, dudes versions of, like, your periods aligning or something where you're just like, eh, like, we were, like, rhythmically in sync?
1: Yeah, maybe. Because somebody will mention, like, oh, I'm sick of this thing. thing and and everyone's like like, oh, like "Hate oh, it." yeah. yeah.
0: So... How much like trend forecasting? Like, do you guys do? Like, how much like none. market research? Okay, we, I mean, what do you mean?
1: By, I, none.
0: Okay, so
1: question. I think we have a, a unshakable belief that we have better taste than everybody.
0: <laughs> that unflagging belief. Yeah. Nice. Um, do you have years where? I mean, I, never mind. We actually talked about that. You guys definitely have years where you literally work like crazy. People like. Demons and don't make money at the end of the year.
1: We, um, the <clears throat> the business. Yes, personally, we all do fine.
0: Okay, how many emails do you get? Between emails, texts, fuck shit, phone calls, people asking for like random list shit and like whatever the fuck. How many like communiques do you at get?
1: the at the peak? It would be like. On a, on a third, if we were at, ha- like, say there was an, uh, an event that everybody wanted to go to, I would get, you know, a hundred texts in like an hour.
0: But throughout the day, so you're talking about like thousands of little annoying little bits. Not as much anymore,
1: I've re- but it's, it's starting to pick up again. I'm getting reintegrated back into the nightlife.
0: So it's just like it's hundreds. pulling me back.
1: And no, it's not hundreds, but I get, a, I get a lot. Okay. You get more for the fucking clothing shit, honestly.
0: Just I like, get hundreds hey fam and let's hundreds build of, or...
1: yeah. I get a lot of DMs about building from people that I don't know. And then just brand after brand after brand will just email.
0: So, okay. So going back to the retail stuff, um you guys have been incredibly judicious about where to sell. You're in two locations in LA, which I understand because one's in Venice and that's just far. Mm. And you have one in Shibuya, one mm-hmm. in the UK, mm-hmm. and then you have your store, and that is it
1: and then sometimes we do stuff with lane crawford in hong kong i know but that's
0: like so the move like lane crawford is like the sexiest very very fancy yeah um and actually when i was growing up in hong kong lane crawford used to be super fuddy-duddy and it would just be when this was back when lol van was not cool and like when loewe was not cool and Mm -hmm. i just remember those brands and like max mara being like what they had um so you you know you're very selective about where to sell and Just coming from where we came from, like we lived through like the Karma Loop era and like Echo being in like Dillard's and all that stuff. Like, did you learn lessons from like streetwear from all those years ago in terms of what you're doing now? I think,
1: yeah. And me and Jay, whatever it was, six, seven years ago, definitely sat down and we were like, the goal needs to be to sell in key stores, in key markets. That will improve our overall reputation. Just to funnel business back to ourselves, and mm. so that we can sell vertically.
0: So that's tough. I mean, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of when um, Phil Chang was on the pod, where he was just like, "I'm a creative director. It's mostly fuck shit when other people do it, but here's the very multi-prong, multi everything thing that I do." Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. Like you guys always have to be thinking about the brand first and last. Yes. Because the second year credibility waivers, you guys are kind of fucked no matter what happens with your nightclub business.
1: Yeah. And what happens is if you sell to a bunch of wholesale, like you lose control of the messaging when you sell your product to somebody else. Yeah. You can't white
0: label that shit. It gets fucked up.
1: And, you know, so if you, if the distribution gets super wide, then it's really hard to regain, you know, who does a good job of that is Stussy. Stussy is really good because they'll do a super wide distribution, go into all the mall stores, and then pull it pull back. it
0: back. But then Stussy is also fascinating because what they'll do is that they'll drop like a credibility move that's very capsule, that's very very selective and high end, or mm-hmm. like only in one place. Like, I mean, you know, you could say the same thing about North Face, <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. and like what they do in terms of like their purple label. It's crazy. Um, so and it's so wild to me, like. You know, fashion is so interesting and so volatile. And you guys just did a Fila collab. How fucking bananas is it that Fila's cool? Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, as someone from fucking, like, Portland, like, think about, like, the fact that a Nike can lose market share and hemorrhage market share on this level in the cool guy market.
1: I have a lot of thoughts. It, like, <laughs> we Tell can me talk about, about sp- the
0: Fila <laughs> disruptor Two. go. No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I love Fila and they were super easy to work with. So like,
0: oh, that's no the thing. No with these, shots, but
1: no shots at all. Like, but you know, it, I think for these bigger companies, you know, but in, we have an Adidas coming out.
0: Well, even Adidas being Adidas right now is bananas. Yep. Like, cause Adidas is the new Nike. Like, let's fucking be honest.
1: So it's difficult running a small retail business when you start doing business with larger companies.
0: Oh, because they expect like a loyalty or something? There's an
1: expectation on sales and the amount of product that you are going to take into your store. So that's why it's like you're either going to be a sneaker store or it's really hard to have a small selection of sneakers. Because if Mm. you have a a good Nike account, you have to move a lot of product. And you have to take product that you don't necessarily want, so
0: oh, so you have to like sell. Why? Why do they make wax shit?
1: That's a great question. Because <laughs> I you, don't understand why the wax shit is cool though. Also, like they make wax shit and now it's cool. The Monarch.
0: I mean, the Monarch is cool, the, but that's only because Normcore happened and then Dadcore happened. Listen, Nark Dad, like you're like <laughs> a rainy day away from a black pair of Monarchs. Uh, yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> the
1: fucking, the, <laughs> Like the, the Taco Bell jokes. <laughs> yeah. like,
0: yeah. Um, so what brands are cool right now? Let's just burn some bridges here.
1: <laughs> well, if you go to the Kim Folk website, uh, everything that we carry is cool. Like it's verified. Now there's a lot of cool stuff. There's so much cool stuff. Actually. That's it does. It, it is hard to kind of,
0: are you excited? You seem excited.
1: I know. I I, 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 I am definitely. There's cool stuff happening. People are making cool product. Um, but I can tell you what brands aren't cool. Tell me, Balenciaga.
0: Oh, that's been a while. Hate that shit. Same. And actually, I'm such a fucking Cristobal loyalist from back in the day that I was just like, why? Why Why?" any of this shit? I mean, let's be honest, Saint Laurent. Like for a while now. Um. Also, Vetmo. Lol. Lol. LOL, LOL.
1: I can't respond to that, um. but yes, no, I'm with you. <laughs> but I, I, like I. So there's not a ton of brands. Like, we don't need shit that has like a crazy point of view. I, I, I just want stuff that's cool. Like, oh shit, you made a jacket, like a Levi style trucker jacket out of a. Interesting fabric. Mm. Like it's a basic fit that everybody knows works, but like you went and sourced a cool fabric. No, it kind
0: of reminds me like, of this like amazing shearling flight jacket you had. I think it was last year or the year before that was like blue. Yeah. That thing was amazing. It was, yeah, was oversized. Cool. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, like that early, like acne back in the day shearling that everyone had, yeah. but like cooler and way more expensive. We
1: did it uh with cockpit.
0: Yeah, that which was, is kind of a good move yeah, for that yeah, too. Yeah. Um, as we just descend into this inside baseball. Um, so the funny thing about being a cool guy brand is that one day you can have like someone amazingly glamorous, like say nice things about you, but then also if you have like a fruit fly problem, it's like, so your problem, like, are you ever pissed that you can't just stay gassed up? Cause each day you're like down to nabby, but you're also, you're upstairs and downstairs. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I never saw to nappy, right. but I definitely understand the rest reference I think um yeah I mean you know like New York City is has a a short memory and it's not super nostalgic so if you it's really hard to like stay relevant and be cool and continue. like it we started so slow that I like it seems like we've been doing it forever, but most people have only heard about us in, like, the past two and a half, three years.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Like, we had a very, very, like, the people that loved us were, like, the right people. Mm. But, like, we didn't expand past that into, like, a bigger audience until, like, super recently.
0: Are you rich yet? No,
1: not as rich as I would like to be. Is
0: that more... I don't you think I'm as rich as, as or... Mary. <laughs> well, I'm very rich. Um, so you actually had your wedding at Kinfolk,
1: and I, I looked at some other venues, and then I was like, "Why am I going to pay <laughs> to get married?" Wait, somewhere?
0: but was it a, like I don't want to pay, or was it like I'm going to do it in my home?
1: Well, yeah, no, totally. It was a little bit of a little bit of both. Like but I'm d- there so often that I forget what the space looks like. That's it,
0: true. I actually was in there. And it was, like, during the day, like, in, in 94. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so pretty. Yeah. Um. So did that night change the way you saw the space?
1: We've done more weddings since then.
0: <laughs> so you're a tastemaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Are you, oh, this is what it, something that I am kind of nagging you about, but like, are you guys keeping an active kinfolk archive for your in house? We do. Okay, good. Because yeah. that's like a, such a mistake that people make. Yeah,
1: no, we missed a few things, but we have most stuff.
0: You just had a son. Is your baby seated by brands yet?
1: Uh, he's gotten a few gifts.
0: But are you offended by how few gifts he's been receiving? Con-
1: I'm torn because <laughs> the only thing I wanted was a Super onesie me? no from Stone Island.
0: Stone Island, a onesie? Do they even do the baby? They stuff? they do
1: a full baby line that is the exact same price as the adult Shut line.
0: Up. <laughs> that makes me want it just to have it. Yeah.
1: It's wild <laughs> expensive. So they have like a, a winter jumper out of like their class, classic like it's fabric like, and
0: it's so fun fucked up to me that stone island would do their winter outerwear but as babies at the same price point because that is so (laughs) expensive
1: yeah i went into the webster the other day and they had baby balenciaga Mm. and it's the same price also it's but
0: that's so different for me yeah um emotionally if your kid was like father this is my birthright i wish i desire to run kinfolk would you be like, oh, no, you cannot?
1: Well, I've just finished wrapped up succession, so I think I would burn it down. <laughs> I think that's the move, right?
0: You have to. The second you feel your own mortality, yeah. burn it all down, preferably with your entire family in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what direction do you, do you see yourself going in next?
1: Um, I, I, I think it's time for us to expand and maybe open a second location. Possibly not in New York City.
0: Okay. Is awesome. New York over? You guys keep flirting with Atlanta with this pop up. I do. Like...
1: I like Atlanta. Maybe Miami. Damn. We're well, all good. New York Jews end up eventually.
0: That's true. But you still have time. Like what? Two, three years. Um, right. No, but is New York over?
1: No. New York is the center of the world forever, or at least for the time being. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Maybe, nothing lasts forever.
0: Right? right. Um, how do you manage stress in your life? I, I don't know. How do, you, I think, how do you manifest stress? Is it like a sleep thing? Anxiety thing?
1: Anxiety. Yeah. No, it, like I, I feel pretty good right now. Like surprisingly having a kid has balanced me out a little bit.
0: Would your wife say the same thing? No,
1: <laughs> but she is a huge part of just like being able to kind of deal with the craziness because it can, you know, you got like 40 or 50 employees, especially, you know, the bar is cash heavy. And, you know, like the cash doesn't always end up where it's supposed to go. You got fights, you got the police, like there's just shit going on constantly, like stuff that you don't like, you know, want to deal with.
0: Actually, on that note, I never really thought about because like my family's restaurateurs, And so, you know, service industry, my background, like for every job before I did writing was retail those two sectors have crazy turnover, like yeah, no. so that's a and everybody, headache.
1: yeah, no, and so like the store the shop staff is like super dedicated first of all, I love my bar staff, but everybody that is a bartender in New York is working on their own dream. so it's not like you're gonna get somebody like dedicated to helping build the success of your business. You have to like, you know, it's hard to find good people
0: how How do you retain talent? Cry. <laughs>
1: big no I, you know like you tr- try and make them feel like they're a part of like the family and you know and also just like make them feel like they're part of the family
0: also it helps that if you're like a cool guy brand and you can seduce them with like the Free notoriety yeah. but also just like you can come into all these events oh yeah and
1: like no i see the line being cut People flexing, like, do oh you, yeah, I'm like a part owner of the spot. You just come through. So there's a lot of that.
0: Do you ever look dead in the eye of a 23 year old, um, usually like racially ambiguous child, who has an interest both in nightlife and fashion, and say, "Have you ever said you'll never work in this town again?" <laughs> <And> meant it?
1: <laughs> I think it all the time. I never say it though. I never say
0: it. Perfect. So how do you manage stress? Uh,
1: no, honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't have like a, a self-care routine or anything like that.
0: Well, you know, I love asking about that on the pod. Yeah, no. You didn't prepare an answer?
1: No, no, I didn't think about that. Uh, But, you know, when I get home, like, I'll just zone out for a little while, watch a little TV, listen to some Audible.
0: Mm, true. Just, yeah, you guys like stay bodying audio tape, like audio books.
1: That's how, that's how I fall asleep. It's just like I'll listen to a book on tape to put me to sleep.
0: What's the last book on tape you listened to?
1: Uh, Lonesome Dove.
0: <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. by, Keith. Bye. Bye. I'm in love with my life. Take hey, No cool Job is recorded at Red Bull Arts, New York. Special thanks to Hassan Insane, Joseph Hazen, right. Max Wolf, and the song you hear is I'm in Love with My Life by Phases.